Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello for lava and welcome to the world in sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, Football Federation PNG points the finger at the PNG Football Association. The Fiji Sevens team stick to their guns, and we chat to Australian golfer Dan Fox ahead of the Papua New Guinea Open. But first, Samoa's earned regional bragging rights heading into next year's Netball World Cup after an unbeaten run at the Oceania qualifiers in Auckland. The Samoans overwhelmed Fiji 54-43 on Saturday to finish atop the standings, capping off a week that also included victories over Tonga, Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands. Coach Francis Solier says World Cup qualification was the immediate goal, but the team's aspirations were much higher. Yeah, look, it's always nice to um, uh, win regardless who the opposition is. So, you know, and they were good, man. Fiji were good. Yeah, and, and, and they have obviously had a very thorough build-up. They were part of the tiny Jamison here in New Zealand. They were over at the Commonwealth Games. Um, so, you know, they had had a lot of top-level opposition and, you know, stark contrast to, to what you and a, a lot of the other countries did leading up. So, um, you know, with a few games under your belts to, to finish off like that, it, it's probably hard for the week to have gone any better, I imagine. We had a lot of expectations upon ourselves to um, to achieve what we achieved. And I think, um, you know, we had exceeded, um, well, everyone's expectations. I think everyone just wanted us to qualify but you know we had said from the start that we wanted to come in ranked number one ranked unbeaten um so it's just been a really nice uh way to end the week with that with that one and what does that do confidence wise because as you say your expectations as a team were higher than maybe what some of your fans or outside people possibly thought but to to actually get over the line to actually achieve that and you know um you know surprise a few people um what does that do for your players when you go out next into a tournament, when you've got your next tour, when you've got your next test match? Yeah, it's good for the confidence. And I suppose only the team knows, you know, when you're, when you're a close-knit and you have a good culture, um, you build a good culture, then I think the outside factors don't are irrelevant. And I think, uh, you know, that's where the team got to. They, they made a real effort to ensure that we built the right culture coming into this um, Oceania qualifiers. And, um, yeah, I think um, what the girls achieved is a real testament to the efforts and hard work that they've all put in. There aren't as many matches as you would like sometimes. So uh, um, just, just to have the team in camp like this and, and have that sort of tournament experience, so what, what, what does that do going forward? Our CEO, Rosie, has just been amazing to be able to... Um, Fund our camps, you know, and I was, I, I, I knew that I really wanted to have, how many camps did we have? One, two, we had about three, three or four camps in this lead up. And, um, you know, it's not easy getting the funding. Um, it's not easy to chase that kind of money. So for her to be able to pull it off just to um, make this happen is, is huge. So, um, and then I think uh, straight after the, straight after you said, there was the, yeah, I just want to give her a big hug and say thanks. Thanks for pulling it off for us. Because I've spoken to a number of your counterparts from you know other Pacific countries leading into and during this tournament, and and they talk about 
what you're saying, how tough it is to get that funding, how much more time yeah. they would love to have together in camp, and, and they didn't get that. So as you say, yeah. if, you, if you get that time together, you can see the benefits. Yeah, and I think also it's tough because, I and I reckon, you know, the others were the same. We never, ever had a full squad in training camp probably at any one time because people had work and people were already tapping into unpaid leave and, you know, you just had to roll with it. You you know, there wasn't much more I could do about it. I mean, I wasn't going to stress them out even more. Um, so yeah, it's just... It's really great. It's just enormous for us and, you know, the country. I, I know this, everyone back home is really proud of the girls' efforts. And uh, obviously you, Francis, had a long career with Samoa as a player. You, you're now the head coach. Uh, well, is that feeling a bit different when you have a big win when you're playing versus, you know, coaching your country? Yes. I reckon it's more stressful when you're coaching because you just want to play and fix it. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, it's this isn't my first time coaching. I have coached before, but it's yeah. the first time, you know, coaching a national team and coming back to um coaching some of the girls that I had played with was, you know, different and making sure that uh, you know, you draw the line so they know where you are and where they stand. First and foremost you have of course qualified for the World Cup next year. You've got a clear pathway towards that tournament and uh icing on the cake finishing top of the pile. So uh what what's the plan now? Do you obviously you start mapping your you know everything towards yeah. that tournament? Yeah, yeah. Got a big meeting. Uh, I'll have a, I'll meet with the uh, CEO. We'll have a conference call and discuss where to from here. You know, there's some things that I want to do for us to get ready again. It's you know I have the easy job. I think Rosie has the tough job in convincing um, you know <laughs> funders to help us out and you know, get us some more fixtures because it's important that we get some internationals before you know the pinnacle event next year is that likely do you think i mean obviously by qualifying uh does that maybe open up some some funding opportunities i hope so you know i don't know i'll, I'll have to sit in and chat to rosie but you know i hope so so we'll see and uh everyone in your squad they're keen to get kick on until 2019 if they get selected if they get selected correct <laughs> is, is there anybody else uh, outside that was injured or unavailable or knocking on the door that you know what what sort of Catchment, how many have you got fighting for places? Yeah, you know, there's, um, we'll retrial, and I've, I've made that really clear to my team that we will um, open it up again. Um, but again, uh, you know, I've just got to chat with our CEO sometime next week so so um, to set those dates. But, yeah, I, I made it very clear to the team that um, if they want to be considered, then they need to keep pushing for a spot. Otherwise, you get complacent. That's Samoa netball coach Francis Solia. The president of Football Federation Papua New Guinea says he may call for an investigation into the PNG Football Association. The federation was launched in 2016 after a number of groups split from the association, which was then run by David Chung. Chung resigned from the association and from his post as president of Oceania Football this month, which is now investigating possible fraud. The Federation's John Kapinato told Ben Robertson Drawbridge he may ask for the investigation to extend to PNG. I would welcome an investigation into the Papua Football Association. We have promised three projects in this country, and if nothing is happening, I'm wondering for the last 20 years, where has all these commitments gone? For me, I want to see that investigation from Oceania Football 
needs to come all the way down to Papua New Guinea football. Can you elaborate on that, sir? You mentioned three projects. Yes, there was three projects. One was about 250,000 kids that promised to Chimbo to build a, uh, I guess, a mini stadium or an oval. That didn't occur. Now then we, they committed another 2 million kina in Kimbe. That's after done. Buildings are not in the standard. Then we've got a project in Bougainville by FIFA and by PNGFA for, I think, about 1.6 million. I actually visited that place where the groundbreaking ceremony was. And when I visited the place, there were tall grass growing in that place. That was not even a project. Something is wrong about our football and it needs to be investigated. With the departure of Mr. Chung from the PNG Football Association, is there any chance that perhaps there could be some reconciliation between the FA and uh, your federation? Yes. Lately, we've been chatting back and forth to Mr. John Guangzhou, who is the senior vice president, and uh, we've been talking to each other, but recently over the weekend, I traveled to the Popular Football Association. So when I came back, and instead of finding a way to sit down with him and understand his position and him understanding my position, he went ahead and did a press release, and it came out yesterday. I was very disappointed, so I emailed him back and I said, if you want to run football just like how Mr. Chu runs football, I am not going to be happy with you. You have not shown courtesy for us to meet. You only have minority of uh, associations, only six. I have about 12 associations who have gone away because of the way the Congress was held in 2016. And because Mr. Chung was in office in OLC and FIFA, my complaints cannot go to the respective office for them to, to look into the problem that we have. So right now, Robinson, I am now compiling the documents I am now meeting with my 12 presidents of the association in PNG, and we're going to make some resolutions. And our, our last resort is to forward these documents to OFC for them to come into public football. That's what we're going to do this week. Certainly, your federation seems to have political support from members of the PNG government. So, what will it take for the PNG FA to take notice of your position? All we see with the PNG government is that they welcome the resignation of Mr. Chow. They've also asked us to mediate, to come together and mediate. Now, if Mr. Chong Wan Chung does not want to mediate and sit down in a round table, the last resort is to call the State Department sports to mediate for us. If that's not going to happen, definitely OFC needs to come into public in football and mediate for us. A couple of weeks ago, I went to Champions League quarter-final for the OFC and I watched the Totti City dwellers get beaten very badly by Wellington. Is that symptomatic of the problems within PNG football? With the split of football in this country, the standard of national soccer under PNG FA is not going to function professionally and we're not going to see good results. I am doing all my best with the 12 association with the Football Federation of Papua New Guinea. We want to do things right. We want to have proper administration that is accountable, that is transparent. So if Mr. John Quancho from PNGFA does not want to understand things like that, we're going to have a problem like this. It's going to indicate in our representative team that goes out and plays in the Champion League and all that. And that's the clear indication of the FC in New Zealand against Auckland 
and then now we see Totis. I mean, this is the worstest, worstest results in football club finishing history. So they need to come and sit down with us and find ways to resolve it. And uh, if we don't find a way to resolve it, uh, my last resort is to file complaints and documents to OFC. I want to call for an investigation uh, with David Cho right into Papua New Guinea football because we need to clear the house. That's John Capinato from the Football Federation of Papua New Guinea. The Fiji Sevens team have no plans to change their approach when the Men's World Series resumes in Singapore this weekend. Fiji have won three of the past four tournaments on the global circuit to close the gap on the series leaders South Africa to three points with three rounds remaining. But Gareth Baber's side were left licking some wounds after losing to New Zealand in the Commonwealth Games gold medal match two weeks ago. Uh, we came back together on uh, Friday of last week, Friday, Saturday together in camp, uh, which was good, uh, good response. Uh, got some of the cobwebs out. The players uh, obviously assessed where they were in terms of any, if there were any injuries. Um, and then, you know, obviously started looking at the squad uh, and how it fitted together going into this tournament. So um, now we're in pretty good shape and uh, we're, ready to, we're ready to fly now. Obviously, we're only a couple of tries away from a gold medal. So um, considering the recent success you've had on the World Series, does... Uh, what happened at the Com Games um, change how you're approaching this tournament in Singapore? No, not really. Um, I think that uh, I was really pleased with what we accomplished in two weeks. I mean, we we played you know 11 games in two weeks, and in comparison to some of the other teams that didn't, um, I thought that we held up well. And uh, I think that you know, had it not been possibly for uh, an intense, really intense semi-final against South Africa, which went obviously beyond it, we'd have had a bit more energy and a bit more spark in the final. And uh, I thought we did play a good game, and they pressurised us physically and um, it told and you know that's, that was my, my choice in terms of the squad that we took and I thought they stood up well and you know in a one-off tournament in Singapore I haven't got any uh, any, any issues with the, the squad that we're taking and um, I think that we're, we'll, we'll produce those performances again. Obviously uh, in terms of changes uh, Simi Kunatani back to France uh, any other changes in the squad any injuries or? Um, yeah it's uh, Vatimura Vuvu is, is had a, he's got the flu so um we brought in a uh, 30th player in the name of Tata Mani, who's who played the best of rugby here and uh, is a good uh, up-and-coming player they want to have a look at and they want him to be around the players in, in the competition mode. Uh, and another gentleman by the name of Capone Paul, who's a forward, um, who's been playing for the police team here, has played domestic competitions again and is uh, impressed that I've seen him play a number of times. And uh, again, I want to you know, obviously get these players uh, playing for Fiji and potentially into the future as well, you know. I'm looking not just for this season, but obviously the future after the World Cup. So um, uh, it's good good for us to have that level of competition in the squad. Uh, new players coming in, which uh, freshens things up and gives competition level high. Okay. And uh, in terms of the World Series, I think what have we got? Three three comp- three tournaments remaining, three legs. Uh, you're, you're pretty neck and neck there with South Africa. New Zealand's a little bit further back. So what's the mindset going into this? You've obviously won three of the last four. I think the mindset is uh, two, four, one. Keep ahead of South Africa going to. When if we do, you know by winning every tournament, then we, we put ourselves in a position to stay ahead of South Africa as well. We always know that New Zealand will be there or thereabouts. So um, yeah, we just got to keep focus in the way that we've played and when we have achieved what we've achieved, and, you know what we what we've done to get there. So um, we've talked about that this week. Obviously, it's a strange one because it's a single week, and uh, you know it's not the same rhythm as what uh, a lot of teams are used to. But um, we've had the benefits of coming back to to Fiji and. Uh, meeting up with loved ones and family and spending some time to decompress and really it's uh, 
know, it's a mission that we've got this week to uh, to bring home a victory. And uh, finally, Gareth, you, you have what I guess from the outside people would perceive to be quite an easy pool in, in Singapore. There's uh, obviously um, some, some pretty tough pools around you, and I, I know you're not going to tell me here and you're going to win every game by 50 points. It's going to be easy, but uh, how do you ensure that your players are fully focused on each of those games, which everybody would expect your team to win? Yeah, I mean, that's my job, isn't it? You know what I mean? If I can't get that bit right, I shouldn't be in the first place. So I understand exactly what what the performance issues are with that one. So um, I've got to to make sure that we stay focused on everything we do. That's Fiji Sevens coach Gareth Baber. Australian golfer Daniel Fox is hoping it's a case of fifth time lucky at the PNG Golf Open, which tees off in Port Moresby this week. The 41-year-old, who won the Queensland PGA Championship in February, has been a top 10 finisher in PNG in each of the past three years and says his game's in a good space. So I've had a month off before I came over to lay last week and towards the end of that I really started to click. Um, last week I, I played OK, just made a few mistakes. It's just one of those courses I think you can, um, if you get some momentum going, you can really shoot some low scores like some of the boys did. I sort of gave myself some chances at times and then I'd play a, hit a bad tee shot or, or just play a sloppy hole in it. And if you make a bogey there, it really sort of sets you back because it feels like you've got a birdie two holes to sort of get yourself back to where you want to be. So the course this week's different layout completely. The scores here typically aren't anywhere near as low as they are uh, in lay. So, um, but no, the form's been good across the board, actually. You know, driving all the way through to the putting, I'm, I'm pretty uh, comfortable with, with how I'm going. So I'm looking forward to having a massive week, actually. You were eighth last year at the PNG Open, so you've got a bit of history there. You've had some good form on the course before. I last three times I've played here I've had top 10 when it was a pro-am I finished second and I think the last two years I've had a, an 8th and a 6th or 8th and a 7th or something like that so the nature of the golf course is you have to do everything quite well here, you've got to drive the ball good um, course management has to be you know, pretty sound um, and then you most importantly like anything up here you've just got to stay really patient so I've just managed to sort of grind it out over the four days so if I can do a little bit extra here and there of concentrating a bit better and keeping you know, some of those mistakes I may have had in the past off the cards and uh, I can find myself up at the top end. Is, is that something that helps you going into a tournament where you know you've played well on a course previously? Oh, for sure. Like, it's especially these courses here. Like, it's nothing really like what we play in Australia. Like, they, they do their best to prepare the golf course for us. And to be honest, like, I, I must have been here. This might be my fifth time here. Um, the course is probably the best it's been. Um, and for that up here, it means it's just got grass coverage all the way across the golf course and the greens are a little bit better coverage. They're, they're a bit firmer this year because of the extra grass that they've had on them and they've been able to cut them a bit shorter. So the way the golf course sets up, um, the greens have gotten a little bit firmer inside. So that'll just present a new sort of uh, element to the golfers to, to tackle. Um, so, yeah, the greens are a little bit faster than, than what they were last week. So it's just you just have to be aware of different things here that you wouldn't normally expect back home and, and rely upon. A lot of guys I noticed last week trying to hit normal goal shots, they would get back home playing off you know better conditions, trying to chip the ball and get check on it. And the ball would either dig in or run out five or six feet past the pin and they just couldn't work out what was happening. So you just have to keep it really simple here keep the ball in play and then just basically, you know, not to put yourself un, under any undue stress, just try and get the ball, you know, as close to the hole as possible um, to make it easier for the putting because you'll, you'll get a lot of putts this week from two and three feet that just won't even touch the hole. So you've just got to try and stay patient and, and um, like I said, just 
try and minimise any damage and, and keep it as simple as possible. And uh, is this going to be the year for you? Do you feel like you're going to be one of the contenders? And and who's going to be the, oh, for sure. the yeah, biggest rivals? Yeah, no, for sure. I've, look, I've already had a win um, in Queensland PJ earlier in the year. Um, I've been just, like I said, just my, I've slightly new uh, warm-up routines and practising uh, you know, on the golf course, especially in tournaments. So it's really shown dividends. My emotional control on the golf course has been uh, excellent. Um, so all that together, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. I'm just trying to keep your head uh, where it needs to be for a whole week is actually really quite tough. And the things I've been doing for the last few months, it's just sort of I just noticed myself being able to be a little more relaxed and that'll give me the best chance possible to have a win come Sunday. That's Australian golfer Daniel Fox. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.